So I'm so excited right now uh, to have Shahira Waba on. And Shahira is the lead designer at Lux Creative. Kim, I've been talking about having her on for like She months. really has. It's kind of <laughs> obsessive. And, I mean, maybe you should Don't be able to say that out. It's okay. It's okay. It's all. Not, I swear I'm fine. Yes. She has been talking creepy you up. at all. She has been talking you up quite a bit. Oh my so, God. Well, yeah. I mean, she's just so beautiful and fabulous. Yes. It's like we have to have her on. Okay. So I'm here we board. are. You don't have to convince me. <laughs> I got it. Literally blushing. Thank you so much for having <laughs> oh, me. No, so I'm so stoked to be here. No, we're so excited to have you. And, you know, if people aren't familiar with Lux Creative, which you'd be probably the only person in the city that's not familiar with them. <laughs> They're pretty active on social media. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a it's a full production uh, creative house, basically, mm-hmm. you know, that does all different types of events from corporate events to weddings to over the top weddings um, and everything kind of in between and intimate dinner parties and all these things and all and the things you love no wonder you like her I know like you're basically talking so about your like my fantasy life <laughs> exactly but we, but we all know the fantasy of the end product of an event right versus the, the hard and work the, god the pain of getting it there <laughs> are two very different things and right. so she here I'd love to hear all about you know sort of what it takes when when you're first meeting with a client, right? And they give you their their dreams and inspirations. And then you and Martin mm-hmm. Patonsky, who is the founder. And they tell you the number Lux. and you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, what is that what is that process like when you when you first meet with a client who wants to throw a huge party? I you know, it's always that same feeling of like really intense excitement and anticipation because once you're engaged with them and you're just hearing their ideas and you're getting a sense of what their vision is, you know, I'm sitting there and Martin's sitting there and our wheels are spinning and we know that we can take the image that they have in their head and actually make it happen. And oftentimes I find that people don't necessarily have, they're not able to visualize exactly what they want. They just have an idea of a feeling. So it's always amazing to finally then see their face when they walk in the door and realize like, oh my God, this is what was in my head when they see the finished product. So how did you get your start as an artist and now lead designer? <laughs> uh, well, I'm originally from Toronto. Uh, my background. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I'm Canadian. Uh, I'm a dual citizen. I will say I'm here legally, but <laughs> yeah, oh, good. let's just, just get that disclaimer. out. <laughs> good to know right now. <laughs> you never know who's listening. Exactly. Um, yeah, I am. I'm Canadian. I was born and raised in Toronto. Love and Toronto. It's such a good city. Oh God, I do so love fun. it, but it's so cold. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my background's in fashion design and I kind of pursued that for a number of years which led me to opening a store. And I started to fall more in love and put more effort and more money into making over-the-top incredible window displays. And it just kind of evolved from there. Um, And people would hire me to do installations for them. And I I just kind of had this aha moment after two years of having the store. And I loved it, and it was my baby, and it was amazing. But I just realized that pursuing art full-time was what I wanted to do. So... I sold my store, I sold my house, and I moved to Pittsburgh. I just love when I hear these. I'm like, what, what do you mean? She's sure. like, you know what? I had this vision. And, and I, I wanted to do like, it. Done. Just selling everything and moving. It's yeah. like the beginning of a good lifetime movie. <laughs> one common thread of like all of our guests, that's it right there. Like She had something she wanted to do. Yeah. I'm going to do it. She just did it. Meh. No worries. You, so you just have to, you know? You just have to because it was just like it was so in you. The feeling was so overwhelming that – the risk of staying put mm. was it 
was too strong, you know, to realize if I don't do this, I'm I'm never going to get to that mm. place that I have in my head of where I see my life going. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, of course, it's it's terrifying to walk away from security and from something that you've built up and to pick up and go, especially, you know, like in your mid 30s, it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, but it's been amazing. And I'm here. Yeah. Hello. I mean, it's worked out for you. It has. <laughs> so how did you and Martin meet? Um, I was working for a florist and okay. uh, our paths crossed that way. Um, oh. And I think it was just, you know, I saw him working, he saw me working. And there was just kind of this like synergy and this connection. You know, I was yes. up on a table screaming, trying to build this huge floral installation, you know, uh, for this incredible, beautiful event that he was producing. And a few weeks later, I was in his office. So he stole you away, a basically. Bit. <laughs> wow. Oh, Martin. <laughs> Crazy. You always have to make it the soap opera. You always have to go <laughs> put it's the intro. I'm, I'm, I'm just Sorry. shaping a narrative it's here. Okay. It's, it's, really, right. it's very exciting. It's okay. No, that's really, I didn't realize that that was kind of your, so your paths sort of crossed professionally. Yeah. Well, I mean, kudos to you because, I, I mean, I know her work and it's just, it's Ugh. top shelf. It's amazing. I mean, you're so talented, seriously. Thank you. So what is it like being in a space where you oftentimes sort of have just these ideas that people want, but they don't really have an understanding of how to actually construct that. How do you take someone's vision and make it into something concrete? Because I would think that would be really hard to do. It is. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's definitely, it's always a constant challenge and it's a challenge in a good way. Mm -hmm. I think for us to kind of communicate that with clients, we really just have to break it down step by step of here's our process. Here's how this here are the steps that need to happen in order to make this vision happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just no other way for people to wrap their heads around, you know, how do we go from nothing to this? Um, you know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting because every, every project is really different. Oftentimes, clients are very hands-on. They want to know all of the steps. A lot of the time, the people just trust us. They know us. And they're like, you know, I know it's going to be handled. And you show up and there it is. So it's... That sounds more like how I would want it. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. just make just it pretty. It. Make it pretty. Make the magic wand. I have anxiety. And that's how I prefer this. it. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the like the clues or the things that when someone's talking, they're not sure what the, they know, they have an idea what they want, but they're having a hard time articulating it. What are the kind of the, the clues or the things that people say that you say, okay, I know what they mean, or I know how to do mm-hmm. this. Like, what, there, are there certain things is, as have you gotten more experience doing this that you see as, as things that you note down or things that, you know, you like absorb as a, yeah. Definitely. I think the strongest indicator I find is when you ask someone how they want to feel. So they mm. might not understand exactly, you know, they might have a color in mind or some loose, vague ideas of here's how I envision this looking. But when you ask someone how do you want to feel? How do you want your guests to feel? That usually tells you everything that mm. you need to know. Because from there, you can really dissect, you know, all of the visual components of what, you know, what it would take to make that feeling a tangible experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so do you ever get, do you ever have to sort of talk someone down from the ledge, so to speak? Like, I have this idea and you say, and well. it has to be like this. Right. You're like, that well, you could construct it. <laughs> yeah. how, do you, how do you kind of get people who maybe have a, re- a really specific idea that you, you kind of know from experience mm-hmm. might be harder to execute or might not actually be, give them the outcome that they want. How do you, that's got to be tricky. It is a challenge because, you know, you you never want to step on someone's toes. And often these events are are once in a lifetime occasions. Right, like a wedding or something. Mm -hmm. A wedding, a huge birthday, an anniversary. You know, so you never want to crush someone's idea (laughs) or their vision. Um, But, you know, I think it's 
truthfully, it's just being honest with them and kind of explaining. So oftentimes it is the mechanics of this is how, this is what it would take to do this. Mm-hmm. Most of the time that won't, that won't line up with someone's budget. Yeah, you know, uh, there yeah. are some restrictions to, sure. you know, to making things happen. Or it's just saying, you know what, we can't do this but we can take pieces of that and do this, mm-hmm, you know? Yeah. So still drawing some components from, you know, what they're envisioning and just translating it to look a little different. Yeah. Did you ever think that you would be in this position? Like when you started down this path that you would be like the lead designer of one of the biggest, if not biggest production houses in Pittsburgh? Definitely not. I mm-hmm. mean, when I moved here, I honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't sure what my life would look and like. And why Pittsburgh? Um, this is a really silly story. Uh, on my <laughs> love, those. love a silly story. <laughs> on my bucket list um, of things I've always wanted to do is to see the groundhog on Groundhog's Day. Ugh. So I drove to Puxatawney. And this makes sense. Go on. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, it's a fortune telling rodent. It predicts the future. Like I have to see this. And you were like, I had some okay, questions of me, my own. Let me tell you out there because well, I want to hear the rest of the story about how you came to Pittsburgh, but I also want to hear how if you were going to produce the groundhog event. Because oh. the way they do it there, it's, Is it lame? it's very, I've been, it's a little cheesy. Okay. It's their thing. You're whatever. being really nice. They're a small town, whatever. <laughs> How would you do that event to make it like really This impactful? is a tough question on this I know. Spot. I like it. I, I think my first thought since it happens so early in the morning when it's dark Ugh. is to have it, to have the festivities start at say 2 a.m. And it's mm-hmm. all candlelight and it's like really, really dramatic. <sighs> and you have this huge countdown clock. Maybe that's the only thing that you see or a light on like their clock there. Like I think you that is amazing. Bring out the drama. Are you listening, Punks <laughs> I mean, Seriously. seriously. Like, obviously you probably are. So you yeah. should <laughs> definitely <laughs> contact uh-huh. Lux. But I mean, it, it's, it's I mean, such a, when the star of the show is a rodent, that presents some unique <laughs> I challenges. Love it. I yeah. just love him. He's just, you know, I might put him in a little outfit, though. I think I'd redress all of the townspeople, yeah. you know, out of the top hats and just make it a little more modern. Yeah, it's like a theater production suddenly. Yeah. I love it. I feel like it would be a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, I would go to that. Yeah, for sure. Little Punxsutawney cookies. With like yeah, little exactly. Fil- you know. Look at you. Yeah. So, okay. So, you, <laughs> so you, yeah, you were in Punxsutawney, so, you saw the groundhog, and then you're like, okay, now. And you're like, I love Pittsburgh, apparently, because of this. I yeah. mean, I, I honestly, I had never heard of Pittsburgh, and I hate mm-hmm. saying that now, being That's someone honest. who's lived here for almost three years, but I, just, I didn't know anything about the city. And so I decided to come back a couple of weeks later and just, like, spend some time here and explore, and I loved it. It was just... This, I remember driving here for the first time and you turn the corner and then all of a sudden the city's in view and mm-hmm. this is really, really strong emotional connection I felt to being here. There was something about the landscape and the neighborhoods, you know, and as corny as this sounds, just the, the vibe, the people, the atmosphere that I just felt a connection to being here. And I, again, this sounds so corny, but I just thought creatively and artistically, this would be a really good space for me. Mm-hmm. So, Isn't that funny? It was just like a very intuitive feeling. Yeah. It, it really was. I, you know, visually the city is so different than mm-hmm. anywhere I've ever lived. It's yeah. different than Toronto or LA or New York. Like it's just, there's something, there's something special about it here. Yeah. I, I can hear the Canadian accent on you, but <laughs> I, know, I, I just picked up on it. <laughs> I did too. It never goes away. No, I, I love it so well, much. I just spent, I'm originally from Boston. I spent some time there not too long ago. And as soon as I got off the plane, it's like it was like, back. oh my God, where's the bar? <laughs> <laughs> no joke. I was like, <laughs> 
I love that you can turn it on. My sister. It just happens. You can't can't stop it. Oh my gosh. So what's an event that you've done recently that you just felt really proud of the outcome of it? Because I mean, all of the stuff that you guys do is so you you do such beautiful work. No, you do. But, but was there one in particular recently that you're like, yeah, that was a good one. Natalie's wedding. Um, not me, just not, to be not clear. Natalie. Um, <laughs> because hello, your mother would... <laughs> oh my God, she'd be like, excuse me, what happened? We, happen? we just did a really big wedding uh, at Stage AE. Yes. And, you know, working with the bride so closely for 13 months, it becomes very, very personal to yeah. me. So yeah. to actually see that one come together and for it to look exactly the way my design boards in the office had looked and the way nice. that Martin and I had talked about and envisioned. Mm-hmm. That was just a very, like, when the confetti cannons went off, like, you know, it was just very, like, big moment of, like, yes, we yeah. did this. I will say, because I covered this wedding, and I will say that there was a design element that I've not seen before, oh. and I loved it. And it was where everybody's name was listed on, mm-hmm. what would you call them, like, light boxes? Yeah, the light box. And so it just had this, like, almost hotel... South Beach vibe too because it was all lit up but very very modern Mm -hmm. and you could see everybody's name with the table that they were going to be sitting at because you know you see a lot of different ways that people display where you're supposed to sit but I had not seen that before and I think that's what's so interesting about the work that Shahira does and what Martin does too is you guys are really I think not at the head of trends, but you're like creating because I have a feeling now I'm going to see a lot of light boxes in the next year. (laughs) So I really do because it's just something that, you know, you bring these fresh perspectives to the community. And so having said that, like, do you ever worry about where you're going to find inspiration or is, or that you're going to be played out? Because that would be my fear. I'd be like, Oh my God, what else can we do here? How else can we, where does it come from? Your inspiration, your, your well, (laughs) your unending well of inspiration. I think, I think we're just really fortunate. Um, like Martin and I are, are people who work very, very well together creatively, and we really feed off one another. Mm-hmm. He's created an environment where it's okay and it's encouraged to have insane ideas, and maybe mm-hmm. they won't work. But I never, I've never once felt like, oh, I'm not gonna, not gonna put this one out there. Like he's always so open and receptive to it, mm-hmm. which you know. After two years now, it's just like there there literally is this creative, you know, energy in the studio mm-hmm. and this really kind of um, amazing, safe, creative space where we can we can dream and, and we mm-hmm. can see if we can make it happen. Um, so, no, it's I think initially there was a part of me that worried, like, what if I run out of ideas? Yeah. But it hasn't happened yet. So <laughs> touch wood, it won't. I mean, yeah. I, I imagine every artist and designer, you know, experiences writer's block mm-hmm. in some right. way, shape yeah, or form, sure, you know, sure. and you don't want to be repetitive. And, you know, in this industry, I think there's so much of that. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's, de- it's, I'm definitely very lucky to work for someone who encourages the opposite of that, that yeah. we, we're not just falling back on doing it because it's easy and we can get it done quickly. It's, you know, the, the objective is to push yourself creatively. Mm-hmm. Do you find it? Cause I'm someone who like my wedding was very small. It was 20 people. And I wanted that. I didn't mm-hmm. want a big, you know, I'm, I'm just someone who prefers like a little bit more intimate celebration. Do you find it harder to do smaller events or bigger events? Like which ones are more challenging and maybe what are some of the ones that, what, what are unique to small events versus what the challenges unique to larger events? They both present their own set of challenges. Mm-hmm. Larger events just logistically mm-hmm. are more complex. There's just a lot. There are a lot of You want to head juggling a lot of things. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I've seen her with the headset. It's just like, where is my Xanax? <laughs> Shaking. Who has it? <laughs> it's crazy. I, the last time I, I saw you, you in a church, I couldn't even say hi to you. I was 
running, holding, didn't take it personally. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's true though. I can only imagine. Yeah. I mean, especially those few days leading up to the next, the, the last 36 hour push, you know, it's, exactly. it's just insanity. It, it is. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm usually awake for those 36 hours straight. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I think for us, it, for me personally, I should say it really comes down to how much time I actually am able to dedicate to a project. Mm-hmm. So it can be a huge event or it can be small. But if we have access to the venue the day before versus a few days or a week before, that's when things start to just get challenging because there are, you know, you only you have this, such a small window of time in each of these places. Mm-hmm. So to get, you know, a year's worth of planning done and crammed into 12 hours yeah. is, is, is hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of amazing though. I mean, all the things that you're involved with in the community, do you, is there one particular type of event that you like to focus on more, whether it be a corporate event or a nonprofit mm-hmm. or weddings? Is there something that you get more excited about to do? I, I will say it, there. I love them all and their aspects of mm-hmm. all of them that are really enjoyable. But for me, um, I nonprofits are always my favorite. I worked for a nonprofit for years back in Toronto. So it's I have a better understanding, I think, of how important these events are to mm-hmm. them. Especially when it's a once a year fundraiser or whatever. It, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's you know, that covers the bulk of their operating costs yeah. that keeps them doing the work that they're doing. So, you know, being able to really create something unique for nonprofits is is probably my favorite. You know. And for people that might say, Oh, these over the top events. They're fr- they're frivolous or they're not necessary. What do you say to that? I mean, how do you respond yeah. to that? Uh, you know, it's a great question. And honestly, I used to think that before mm-hmm. I was in this in, in working in this industry. But when you're in it, you realize, you know, maybe from the outside, people someone could view it that way. But in you know, for on the back end of things, these events employ hundreds of mm-hmm. people. Right, I, l- literally hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think you kind of have to take a, a step back and and view it from the vantage point of you know how many people are employed consistently because all of these events happen. And overall, I, I think you know it it puts a spotlight on Pittsburgh in such a positive way. Mm-hmm. You know, it shows such a broad range of our cultural organizations, our nonprofit organizations. So I. I think it's definitely a personal choice to spend large sums of money on things like weddings and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's at the end of the day, if it's someone's dream, you know, it's not my place to judge Mm -hmm. how they spend their money. That sounds about right. I like that answer. (laughs) (laughs) You do you. (laughs) So And let us help you. (laughs) Exactly. So if you're planning an event for yourself, like you, let's say you have, let's theoretically say you have a big event, personal event in your life coming Mm -hmm. up. What do you want it to look like? like? What are the things you've done that you've been really successful that you think have worked at other events? But what do you want your like big fancy event? What would it look yeah, like do you, for you? Do you fantasize about whatever yours would look like? Yeah. Oh, wow. I can't imagine like planning events all the time. Yeah. You wouldn't think about when I have my you know, 40th birthday 100 <laughs> years from now. What do you look like? <laughs> that was a good answer, Kim. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I, I err on the side of small. You know, mm-hmm. I like the idea of keeping things, you know, 20 people max mm-hmm. and put, just putting a lot of energy into the experience yeah. from start to mm-hmm. finish. You know, I would want I would want my friends and family to just be immersed in a world that's totally unique, something they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I I love the large events, but it, it, for me personally, it, yeah. that's just it's it would be I would find it too overwhelming. Yeah. Do you think that's where the industry is heading though because in, not in terms of size, but in terms of having 
the experiences. So the, the idea of interactive everything. 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that so many people are so tired of going to a gala where you have a cocktail hour and then you move to a dining room and you mm-hmm. listen to some presentations and dance and you go home. You know, it, it's just it's out. worn out. It's tired. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to spend $250 on a ticket to go do that? You know, I, that's not how I would want to spend my money. Um, so I definitely think the trend is is really shifting into immersive, interactive environments. Mm-hmm. So more of an experience versus just participating, you know. Sitting at a table. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what do you hope for yourself moving forward? I mean, what do you see your career sort of continuing to evolve and blossom towards? Yeah, I... you've already done so much. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like I was a fashion designer. I picked up everything. I just thought I was going to work as a florist for a while. And then boom, now I'm, you know, Martin's right-hand lady. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm just really excited to be part of of this world at Lux. Mm -hmm. It grows every day. It changes every hour. You know, we have an amazing team of people and it's only getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm really, I feel really fortunate to finally feel like I've found my place somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you know, to work with people that you love and who are friends is just kind of like the icing on the cake. So, yeah. yeah. And my final question is, you know, I know you so much from work events and things mm-hmm. like that, but what do you like to do for fun? <laughs> you know, cuz I just like so much time at events. No, you and do other and it's like, parties. I mean, yeah. it's like what do you like to do to unwind or, you know, when you're not on mm-hmm. the clock, so to speak? So, I would say my my actual personality is mm-hmm. probably the opposite mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of what I do for a living. Um, I'm just a very low-key person. Mm-hmm. I, I don't own a TV. You know, I, I, I just, I'm. So I, Canadian of you. I'm not even someone who really likes going to big events. You know, mm-hmm. like I prefer close connections with a handful of people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that definitely is more my scene and my style is just very low key, very quiet. Because I think. For 14 hours a day, you're pouring so much energy. Yeah. You're always on. Sure. You know, it, it's just very demanding in a mm-hmm. good way. But, it, you know, for me, I just need that time to decompress. S- sit in the sun, read a book is literally my favorite thing to do. Oh, I know because I see it on your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I can always tell when she's a day off. Yeah. There's a book. It's not often. Well, thanks so much, Shahira, for coming on Thank and you talking with me. us. Thank this you so much. So much fun. So interesting. Yeah. yeah, you have such an interesting life and career <laughs> and interesting friends as well. Yeah. No, yeah. I love Martin so much. I'll give a him a big hug and kiss. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so thank much for so having much. me. It was so great to great be here. To talk with you. Well, thank you. show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.